Hello, I'm Garvi, host of Text to Task Simplifying Education. My belief is that every day we have the opportunity to be inspired, to grow, bring joy, serve, and be role models. Thank you for joining me today. Please share the show. For daily updates and inspiration, follow me on Instagram at millennial underscore teaching learning. It's so much fun to do activities in the class. Try out creative ways of teaching or just think of ways to improve classroom learning. However, it remains with us. But I believe that publishing our work is important, whether it is in digital form or in print, as it allows us to share our ideas, research and findings with a larger audience. Publication of our work can help us establish ourselves as experts in our field, as well as build a network of colleagues and peers. I've got Andy Homden, Principal Editor, International Teacher Magazine, here today to give us some pointers on how to create an idea and get it printed. Andy Homden has worked in some of the most prominent international schools in the world, both as a teacher and leader with headships at the Alice Smith School, Kuala Lumpur, and in Dubai with Talim LLC as principal of Dubai British School and founding principal of Jumeirah Baccalaureate School. The establishment of new school strategic planning and in-service teacher training have been central to his career as an educator. In 2014, Andy co-founded Concilium Education, which advises startup, new and growing international schools. An educational commentator, speaker, and writer, he is the principal editor of International Teacher Magazine and the host of the ITM podcast. Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. It's, it's a great a pleasure, pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to interview you. Okay, let's get started. So my That's first great. question. So my first question to you is: What influenced your decision to pursue a career in teaching and education? Well, that's a great question. That goes back a very long way. Um, I, I, at first, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I was at university, and I thought I love my subject. I love what I teach. Well, what I have come to teach, which is history. So I thought, how can I pursue this uh, further? And so I put myself down for a teacher training course to teach history. And uh, that gave me an extra year at university, but I found that I loved it. And I think I learned more about history, actually teaching it and learning how to teach it than I did when I was actually studying it as a separate subject. So I taught in the UK for, for two years. And then uh, I'd always wanted to teach overseas and I applied for jobs overseas. So I started to teach overseas. And virtually my whole career as a result was teaching in international schools around the world. Okay, great. And uh, so, yes, we learn uh, we learn more when we do stuff than just reading books and everything. Well, it's, it's absolutely I, th I think um, the, the, the phrase that I use a lot and one of the, the earliest phrases I used in my teaching career was learning by doing. You learn by doing stuff. And I think one of the things that I uh, emphasize in my teaching is that it's all very well uh, getting up on the theory of something and reading books about something, but you've got to implement it. And then you've got to get the balance between the theory of what you are trying to, to learn or to teach. And then what does it look like in practice? And then uh, you can take yourself forward and your students forward 
by getting the right balance between uh, learning uh, by looking at the theory and learning by actually doing what the theory says should happen. Yes. So uh, my next question is, can you describe how a typical day looks like for you? There are no typical days anymore. <laughs> um, we, uh, my wife and I left full-time salaried education and teaching and leading schools um, um, eight, nine years ago now. And of course, as a teacher, your day is very structured. Even as a head teacher, it's structured. You, you have to be in certain places at certain times. And you've got to fit in around the, um, uh, the timetables, the commitments of other people. But now we're in consultancy. What we're doing is we're, we're helping schools. We help new schools. Um, we help new schools start. We look at school operations. And so we're doing an international consultancy. Much of it is online, but also by visiting schools. And so we have to fit in with the timetables of people not in the same place. They're all around the world. So tomorrow morning, my uh, my day will start very early because I'm uh, talking to someone in a different time zone. And then um, there will be a couple of other meetings later on in the day. But I can uh, structure my own day to do the things that I want to do within that. I'm not uh, beholden to a school timetable anymore. So uh, I can mix things uh, for, uh, for myself into a day in a way that you just can't as a teacher or as a leader on site. So there's no such thing as a typical day. And uh, there's all sorts of different things to look forward to. Okay. Uh, moving on to the next segment of this interview, I wish to focus on your role as an editor for ITM. Mm -hmm. now, my first question is, what is the structure of an article? Well, a, an article can be structured in, in many ways, but essentially it boils down to one simple thing. Uh, a good article will have a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And uh, in ITM International Teaching Magazine. International Teacher Magazine. We are publishing online. There is no uh, printed magazine as such, and so we've come down to uh, an article length. We we don't really want it to be more than a thousand words, and ideally it'll be about eight fifty nine hundred words. And within that, you will be able to see uh, different component parts of an article separated by subheadings and all our articles you will see the subheadings that give people the clue to what's coming next so that when you're reading on your phone you have visual cues to what you're going to read and so that helps people start skim move forward and and go go on but essentially it starts with a proposition the beginning the proposition is developed and then it's concluded uh, and very often at the end, in, in really good articles, the author writes about the original stimulus that caused him or her to write the article and might have been referred to at the beginning of the article. So beginning, middle, end, and you loop back to the beginning at the end. That's my definition of a really great article. And uh, if people want to see an article that conforms to all those things and hits all the spots, we publish one. Uh, in February of 2023, which started, please serve as an elephant in the playground. Now, a great, great starting point. And it's by a very experienced head teacher at the British School of Muscat. Um, and he's a um, head teacher and has been for many years. 
And the article occurred to him as he was, I think, walking into school. And for, uh, it was very unusual for Oman, it was going to rain. And it was going to rain heavily. And this sometimes happens in those areas. And he knew that his day was going to be affected by this rain because it's going to be disrupted. And so he wrote at the beginning about uh, unusual situations in schools. It's going to rain in Oman. And he'd heard a story uh, of how school life had been interrupted in a school in India because there was an elephant at the playground. So he brought that into the article. And we published, uh, we found a, a picture of an elephant playing basketball, photoshopped, of course, from uh, Pixabay. And we used that as the feature article. So the, the featured um, uh, image grabbed attention. The article heading grabbed attention. There's an elephant in the playground. And then he talked about the unexpected things that can um, uh, disrupt a school day. But the point of the article, the middle, was you've got to be prepared for the unexpected. And there's a lot of leadership points that he developed there. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a communications plan. You've got to know what team is going to deal with what. And he had five pieces of advice for preparing for the unexpected so that the school could get through it, not be disrupted too much, and carry on as usual. Uh, one of the subheadings was, I think, keep calm and carry on, <laughs> that kind of thing. And then he wrapped it up again by referring back to his original proposition about reigning in uh, in Oman doesn't normally happen, but that's the article that suggested itself to him. So a brilliant article by a guy called Kai Vacher. Uh, and, and it's well worth, I would advise anyone to read that article to see how to structure a fantastic short online article. Absolutely sure. I will just read it after the interview and just go and read that yes. article. It's, it's, it's funny as well. It's really funny. And humor and emotion coming into an article uh, gets people going. They want to read it. They relate to humor and emotion perhaps more than they write uh, relate to uh, lots and lots of academic references. Yes, that's the best point, I think, of magazines, because when you go to these scholarly articles, they are just uh, uh, tons of information, which is sometimes quite uh, I will say uh, affects you negatively because you don't yep. know what to do with so much of information. Yes, exactly. But when you read an article, it is very short, crisp, to the point, and yep. it is also uh, it doesn't have the scholarly vibe to it, which is very easy to understand for yes. a teacher who is just using it in the class. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. Uh, you don't have all those references that bog you down, but at the same time, it must have a basis in reality. So in your own uh, mind, you must have the evidence upon which it is based. And in this case, the article by Kai Batcher, it was the evidence of his own experience. And that's what he was sharing. Okay. So my next question is, uh, what is the best way to determine the target audience of an article? That's a good question. Um, you've got to be careful about who you think you are writing for. Um, Sometimes we receive articles that we don't think will appeal to our general audience because they, they kind of state the obvious. Now, we don't want to discourage people like that because they're finding out something for the first time and it's exciting and they want to share it and they've got an audience in mind, but it's not necessarily the same audience as ours. So be careful about your audience, think about who you are writing for and get the 
pitch of the article right. So uh, you will be adding something useful to the people that you are writing for. So we would help people sometimes to slightly adjust their article so that it is relevant not only to the original audience that they had in mind, but also could be read by a wider audience without thinking, well, that's just stating the obvious. Um, but it is difficult and it is a big issue. They have to, everyone, every author has to think about their audience. Sometimes we know that uh, a specific article is going to be very specifically appealing to, uh, a, a, say, an IBPYP audience, a primary years program audience. We still publish it because some of the principles might be relevant to a lot of other teachers teaching other programs as well. Okay. Um, can the article be biased? It's good to let people know what your bias is, I think. Sometimes I say, well, I'm biased because, or I've got a point of view, and I want to express my point of view. But I think you have to give reasons, in my opinion, for the views that you're expressing. Uh, you can acknowledge your bias, but you can say, nevertheless, there are good reasons for doing this. But then you, you sort of uh, articulate it by saying, in my opinion, when uh, I'm talking about this, this works because other people might say that, and I take that into account, but nevertheless, I still think this because it's worked for me or uh, I, I, I uh, achieved something in this situation that I think is, is relevant and, and valid. So if it's a valid point that you're making and you're making clear that it's your opinion that you're giving, uh, yes, of course, it will represent a point of view. Okay. So my last question is a two-part question. So I'll ask you one by one. Uh, what should be the main message or theme of the article? Something you care about. Absolutely. Something you care about. Something that's important to you. Because if it's important to you, that care and that uh, enthusiasm will communicate itself in the article. Now, you mustn't go over the top. You've got to be careful about the language you use. Don't go too far. Keep the language simple. But... If it's something you care about, then people respond to that kind of thing. It's a kind of um, emotion that people want to sort of um, uh, dial into, if you like. Uh, so something you care about, something that's worked, something that's important to you. Don't write about something that you don't know anything about, but you think people might want to hear it because the shallowness of the article will become obvious as soon as you read it. So if it comes from the heart, and you care about it, that's what you should write about. Okay. Then my next question is, is it possible to have multiple themes in just one article? You've got to be very careful. Because in, in, in an online article, people are not going to read too much. And if you try, try to cram in too much, people will lose the thread of the story. So as I said earlier on, a beginning, a middle, an end one big idea, one theme, or one theme that's suggested by what I call a trigger. So in Kai Vatch's case, it was the storm cloud that he saw over the school. That set off a whole train of thought, but the article really was about planning and being prepared. 
that's the story. Now, there were two elements in that article. There was a personal element which related to him and which people respond to. But then there was a professional consequence of what he was thinking. And that was very clear. So my advice is to find the story and stick to one theme that may have a personal side and may have a professional side. The best articles do have a personal side and professional side, but they're about one thing. So it's about finding the right story that will appeal to your audience. Um, sometimes uh, we receive um, uh, articles that uh, mix up three or four stories into one and try to deal with it. So, so what we try to do is to try and uh, deconstruct it and find what the most interesting story is there and then try to edit out the other references if they don't contribute to the main story. And a story is personal, as I said, but it's also, in our case, professional too. So stick to one theme is my advice. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to hear about all the advices. And I think my listeners will be using this guidance to move forward and write their own ideas and share their own ideas with the world. If you publish your work, it has the potential to have a long-lasting effect. Educating children and promoting their welfare are always important. 